1: Welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and today we are chatting with Dr. Amy Novotny. She is the founder of the Pabber Institute and can be found online at Institute.com. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me today, Sandy. I'm very excited to be here and to share with your audience. I'm excited too. Your work is very interesting. So- Maybe let's start with you telling us a little bit about the work you're doing and how you're helping your clients.
2: Sure. So what I do is I help people learn how to access that fight or flight nervous system and calm it down to alleviate pain, stress, anxiety, a lot of times the need for medications. Many people don't need orthopedic surgeries like joint replacements or back or neck surgeries all because they learn how to shift their body and to feel their nervous system calm down and feel muscles and tension released throughout their body. How did you get into this work? So I started with my doctorate in physical therapy and I did that for a few years. And then from there, I started diving into asymmetries in our body, in our trunk, and then also asymmetries in our diaphragm and how that actually impacts us and our nervous system. And so when I started looking at that, at the time I was training for marathons and running fast on a treadmill, trying to get qualify for Boston. And I realized when I changed the way I positioned my body, plus the way that I breathe, I could calm down my nervous system in ways I didn't even think possible. And all of a sudden the... I didn't need to stretch anymore. I didn't need to roll my legs or scrape or do any of those things. And I felt the tension release and I didn't have all the aches and pains after running. So I started implementing it into traditional rehab settings, uh, you know, sports and orthopedics and even chronic pain. And I realized I could get people better, faster. By doing this. And it actually wasn't me getting them better. It was me teaching them a skill that they got themselves better faster. And it's just blossomed from there. And it's taken me all over the world. And now I teach this and I coach this with people virtually all over.
1: When you were telling the story about how you got into this, you were talking about doing this for yourself. And it sounded like it's really more than just alleviating a chronic pain, it sounded more preventative. Yes. Actually, it can be preventative too. So when you think about all
2: the stressors you have in life, your stressors ramp up your cortisol levels, but they also change the way your muscles work. And what happens is I'll give an example. Let's say you pick up a bucket of water and you feel your muscles in your arm tighten up. Now, let's say you hear a loud bang, like a gunshot that you don't even know where it came from. Your body tenses up everywhere on top of that. Now, if I put that bucket down, there's still going to be these muscles that are contracting throughout our body. That happens with our stresses in our life, no matter how small. And so what happens then is when these muscles contract all over, they can contribute to changes in your body. So we want to change that and feel them release and let go as a way to prevent something from happening. Any type of injury, it can help you with your mobility, your flexibility, your strength. It can help alleviate stress and other things that come along with it and how your body changes from the result of stress. So yes, there's a preventative component to it for
1: sure. That's very interesting. So when you're working with clients, what are your top strategies for helping them? Mm -hmm. So one,
2: I look at them visually, you know, usually through Zoom sometimes in person, at how they move, and especially their daily habits. So that's the big thing I look at is what are they storing in their body in terms of their fight or flight state? All of their daily habits are really important to determining is a person going to be able to free up or not. The other thing is, as I'm talking to them, I'm gauging their personality in terms of, does stress impact them a lot? When We look at a pain scale. Do they have a high sensitivity to pain or low sensitivity? So that would be another strategy. The other thing I'm looking at is how receptive a person is to change and how receptive are they to doing something that may go against traditional advice. And so those things help guide my work with someone and how much I can push them into doing something different or new or, you know, take a step back and say, okay, we need to break this down further to match them to make sure that they have success.
1: So who is your ideal client? Who are the people who tend to get the best results when they work with you? So there's kind
2: of across the board, but basically anyone who is willing To work internally and change their body and learn how to control their body. If someone wants medications or a surgery and wants to change themselves through, you know, fixing them externally, it's not going to be ideal because they're not going to put in the work to change them internally. We want people who really are looking for a holistic full body approach that want to transform their lives and have control over it so they don't fall backwards again.
1: Okay. So as you were growing this business, Mm -hmm. it sounds like that was kind of an interesting journey in and of itself. Yes, Tell us a little bit about what that was like as you were putting the word out there and trying to do things differently is what you're saying is that a lot of what you're teaching people is something new for them to hear and may go against, as you said, traditional advice. So what was that like?
2: It was hard. I have to admit, when I started doing this with people, some were, you know, raring and ready to go to try out how to change their breathing, then others weren't. And so I had to be respectful of that. And I even had physicians and doctors say, if you do this with my patients, we're not going to send more people to you. And at the time when I started out doing this, I was working for a clinic and even my boss got mad at me and said, you know, it's too outside the box. We need more traditional. And so, you know, I picked and chose my, Patients that I would do this with, the ones who are very receptive. And sure enough, when they started getting better faster, doctors saw that they started coming to see me. And it eventually led people who were scheduled for different surgeries to come see me and get out of it. And, you know, it led to me being hired to travel around the world to keep a gentleman out of a couple surgeries and travel to Antarctica. And then from there, I started my own practice and got to meet amazing people and even help uh, rich dad, poor dad author Robert Kiyosaki. and from there led to masterminds. So it started off it's hard. Going against the grain is hard and led to many tears at night because I knew I had something to offer and to share with people and to teach them. But when you get that resistance at first, it is really hard and you just you find that little piece inside you and say, okay, I know I've made a change in someone's life by teaching them a new skill. I have to hold on to that to keep wading through all the muck to
1: get me to the other side. So, was the resistance your top challenge, or was there something else that you think was a bigger challenge for you? Definitely the resistance. Yeah. Because as soon as I can work with someone and they can
2: feel the change and shift, that's not necessarily the resistance. It was more getting people to buy in and to realize. That a lot of the habits they were taught growing up, like the chest out, shoulders back, suck up your gut, actually is detrimental to their body, their stress level anxiety. And we still hear that to this day from very well-known people, stick your chest out, shoulders back. And those things really set us up for chronic pain, for stress, anxiety, surgeries. And if we can just shift people out of that, it really transformed them. And that's what I hold on to.
1: So as you are working with clients, Mm -hmm. how do you think going through those challenges shaped what you can do for them? It helps a lot because
2: I know I had to break things down for myself going through these challenges. You know, my wins were, okay, what can I do today to give me a positive to keep me going? And that's how I shape when I work with clients. Because a lot of times, by the time they've come to me, they've tried all these other healthcare practitioners, traditional methods, and they're at their wits end. So when they show up with me, they're exhausted, they're in pain, they're stressed, they hardly believe anything else could actually help them. And so I have to break things down slowly. And I recognize that and I celebrate the small wins with them, because then they get more confidence and control over their, their own body.
1: It sounds like as you've grown this business, you have really substantially grown your own influence mm-hmm. in in your industry. Yes. How do you utilize that influence in, right now? How are you using that? I use it by talking to people and saying, listen,
2: I am willing to give presentations for free. I I give a, a lot of free and resources to realize that people can empower themselves and start to learn more and shift. So it's important to me to have both resources for people that are free or, you know, minimal cost and then if they want to work one-on-one, then we can do that and that's going to be, you know, more of a cost, but my my goal is to really change how people view their health and the control they have over their health. So I'm constantly trained to educate people on that. And it's really changed people's lives. And I use that influence to make sure people know that they have the ability to change themselves from within. But often you just have to meet the right person to guide you to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. After clients have worked with you, have you seen instances of them being able to have more influence in the world, whether it's their personal life or their business after working with you? Absolutely. For example, I had a gentleman the other day who
2: he speaks at different events in high stress real estate events. And we had worked with him to calm him down. And he sent me a message. He said, I started feeling ramped up. I wasn't able to breathe. I wasn't able to do things. And I just took a minute, did what you taught me. And I was so effective and it's great. I have another gentleman who's a a seven time Emmy winning sportscaster in Dallas, and he uses this technique in between sports broadcasts. And he said that he can tell that he makes a bigger impact in his audience and on his presentations because of it. So the, you know, it spirals and it's a great thing because that's the whole point is if we're living, why not? do something good for someone else that changes their world and the people they influence. And it just continues to grow.
1: Speaking of growing, Mm -hmm. do you have plans for your own influence moving forward, growing that? Do you have a, a plan or a strategy for doing that? Absolutely. So I'm working on just many different
2: I have many different projects right now, including I'm on many podcasts coming up, but also working on an online course. And I'm halfway through writing my own book that will be an easier access point for people to learn this stuff. And so also part of an international breathing festival, part of different other conferences as well, and masterminds and presenting around the United States.
1: That sounds like an awful lot. It's. (laughs) Sounds like really big, huge bites. Do you have a plan for achieving all of these milestones for yourself?
2: Yes, I do. And part of it is growing my team. So I do have certain people that help me and I'm going to be growing that soon to make sure I can handle all of these things. And all of them are already works in progress. So um, they're, they're on their way.
1: That's great. What do you think is the most impactful lesson you learned? In creating this business? The most impactful one would be show up and become
2: friends with people. When you are looking to grow and you know where your audience is and you want to have people trust you and use your services, I just started showing up and being myself and not even talking about what I do. Just showing up saying, you know, hey, let's talk about whatever the topic is. So I've been to investing conferences and I just, I was there as a student to learn. And then as you start to get to know people, they start to say, hey, what do you do? And I explain what I do and I don't ask for their business. I just say, if I'm ever could be of help for you or if you're having something going on, let me know. We can go over to the corner, chat about it, see if I can help you in the next few minutes. And that gave me a chance to get to know people that so that they knew my personality. They knew that I really did care about them. And it wasn't about just how much money I could put in my pocket. And as I did that and they became a friend, they realized over time, they would see me at different things, see me helping people. They're more likely to connect with me and trust me with their bodies and with their ability to learn how to control their health. And that's my biggest thing when I say with people is I recommend really get to know people not on a business level, but on a personal level. Because then when they are reaching out and they need or in crisis or need help, they know to turn to you and they won't have this hesitancy.
1: So essentially you're building your business influence on top of personal influence is what it sounds Basically. like. Yeah, And then mm-hmm. having that that ripple effect or that spiraling out effect of the personal, the business builds on top of the personal and then each person you help you are helping them to increase their influence, so you're actually growing your influence in many directions at the same time. Yeah.
2: absolutely. And depending on whatever type of hobbies that you're involved in, it works wonders because I'm you know involved in photography and running, in investing, in health, in entrepreneurship. all of these things, I now have ways to connect with these audiences and they all understand what I do. So if they know someone who needs help, if they need help, either way, I become a resource for them. Whether or not I work with them, at least I'm a resource and I can, you know, connect with someone and decide, am I the best person to help them? Yes, okay, let's work
1: together. If not, let me help you find someone else. Which is actually yet another arm of influence Mm -hmm. is helping people to work with somebody else. Yes. Which is a beautiful way of growing your influence as well as someone else's again. Yes, absolutely. Well, I love that. Amy, where can
2: we find you online? So you can go to my website, pabrinstitute.com, P-A-B-R institute.com. You can also reach out to me by email. I offer free 15-minute consultations or if you want an email and just send me a little bit about you and how I can help you, I am always up for that.
1: I love that. I love the way that you're so open and so willing to just have conversations, as you said, to just meet people and get to know them. That's really beautiful. And thank you for taking the time to spend with us today.
2: You're welcome. And thank you for having me on, Sandy. I hope this was helpful for your listeners.
0: Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https: colon slash slash dot com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast once again they call me king raj singh and thanks again for listening to the future of influence podcast tune in next time